0: hello everyone
1: hello everybody i'm michael i'm christian victorious Warren.
0: <laughs> and welcome to work love
1: new balance
0: new balance new balance is a new day it's a new time welcome what, back
1: what time is it right now speaking of time people
0: don't need to know all that
1: let's set the tone <laughs> they need to know what time is it right now like seriously
0: 12 40 12 58
1: It is
0: 12.58.
1: (laughs) You said that, a.m. A little
0: funny. We're dedicated, but you know.
1: It's 12.58 a.m. Our son, who is our oldest child, just woke up. So he is literally sitting on my lap, resting and chilling. And then our youngest daughter is in her bassinet, laying right across from us. So this is work, love, new balance, for real welcome
0: welcome welcome (laughs) to a tale of two cities hey welcome back welcome back
1: yes the title of this episode is
0: it's called a tale of two cities so if you don't know I'm from Washington DC, DC proper. And Christian is from Compton, the CPT, California.
1: California.
0: And so we wanted to title this episode and bring to the forefront a little bit more of our backgrounds and kind of like diving deep into, you know, our perceptions of each other's backgrounds and also to what makes the places that we're from so special. And what prompted us to dedicate our time and our energy to creating brands that represent these cities. So I'm going to jump off the the notes and ask you, what was your first impression of Washington, D.C.?
1: Oh my goodness. My first impression of Washington, D.C. was, I want to say I was maybe like, 22 ish no 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 maybe like 21 22. so me and my friends went to dc for the very first time because of howard homecoming man i felt like i was robbed of a total experience <laughs> my entire life when she I made first... it to the mecca y'all <laughs> Yo, that's literally how I felt. I was like, man, I'm I'm amongst my people. It's so beautiful. It's black and beautiful. And I literally was like, yo, I'm ready to move to D.C. Oh, wow. Um, it was such a dope time. I mean, Howard Homecoming was just popping. And mind you, I... I was like out of school. So I went to um, Howard Homecoming because my friend, her brother, went to Howard. So we were like, let's make a girls' trip out of it. So we had the whole like college experience. Experience We had the whole club experience. Like, I don't even think Club Love is a place anymore, but we had that whole (laughs) VIP experience. It used to be the dream. It
0: used to be Dream.
1: Maybe. Was it Dream?
0: No, I probably when you went, it was love. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It used to be but, called dream.
1: But yeah, so man, after that, I was like, DC is so beautiful. Um, Up Against the Wall, because you know how. I
0: used to work there. I used to work there. Yeah,
1: so going to like the original Up Against the Wall, I was like, oh, it's lit. I'll like, this ain't you, nothing I'll like I'll South Bay Galleria. I probably sold you some clothes. Nah, you weren't there. You were. <laughs> you were nah, already I was like,
0: um. Yo, that's dope, but it's it's so interesting to me to hear, it's not interesting, but to hear that that experience is almost, it's like one of the most monolithic experiences that people from all over will experience when they come to Howard Homecoming or they make it to like DC for the first time and they get the chance to like experience such a cultural uh institution or just a cultural vibe that's like no other so it always it always makes me interesting but it also too it makes me proud that people feel that way about the city about the rich heritage of blackness that it represents but also too like the excellence that it has you know when i think something i think sometimes like that it gets uh sometimes we get underrepresented of all those mm. good feelings uh that people have when they come here and i've found it always unique that people seek out that Black experience, even though you're Black. So that's a conversation within itself.
1: Can I add something, though, because this is kind of like a fast-forward moment, but I also do recall being in spaces with you where folks would ask you, where are you from, and you'll tell them Washington, D.C., and then they're like, Where in Washington, D.C.? And you proceed to say Southeast, which is where you're from. Right. And the reactions and kind of like facial expressions <laughs> to that was interesting because me being from Compton, California, might as well, I might as well said I was from Compton. And experiencing D.C., I'm like, What? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> you from D.C.? This is the Mecca, the motherland? Yeah. And so, it was interesting that I would notice those, like, reactions you would receive. And I think that prompted, you know, the dialogue between, like, where are you where we're from. Because I really, I did not really understand the whole southeast, southeast northwest. northwest. The whole like, vibe. you had to break it down to me. Yeah, yeah. So, we surprisingly it was like some commonalities like and we joke all the time like you from the (laughs) you from upper compton yeah we both from like the same
0: and we're the same it's the same place and that's that's funny that (gasps) i guess i have we haven't been able to conceptualize it like our commonalities and our interests but essentially hey i might catch some slack or i may not but the response that we both receive is the exact same from <laughs> sounds so bad. it sounds bad, but that's the perception that people have. Like obviously, Southeast DC was notoriously known to be one of the most underprivileged like sections of the city. Well, more specifically, like Ward Eight. Um, but the unique thing about it is that Southeast is right behind the nation's capital, so that there's a portion of the city that's right behind the capital. But when you say this particular part of town, people think, oh oh, this is, oh, you you from that place. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's a source of pride because, you know, it did allow, my family was raised there. Like I was raised there. My best friends, we were raised there. And we came up and that didn't prohibit us from achieving or doing anything that we wanted to do. So those perceptions are unique. And so I've even experienced Christian feel the same way when she would tell people, you know, she had to answer people, not had to answer people when people asked, and she would say, I'm from Compton. And people would look at her a certain type of way. And then that, personally, sometimes that allows you to not say where you were from, but route to Los Angeles, the broader scope of yep.
1: California
0: versus saying, yo, I'm specifically from Compton. Yeah, and
1: I... I agree because I know that earlier, like in my corporate career, you know, I was always raised to have pride where you're from. And so I carried that with me, no doubt. I think when I got more into like the corporate realm, though, that light in me (laughs) was kind of like put out a little bit Mm. because I've... I noticed, like, I was being treated differently. Folks were talking to me differently, like as if they had to talk in a certain dialect to match the dialect they think that I'm. I know. I'm a It was almost strange. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like I noticed. I just noticed these things, and so in result of it, I just wanted to avoid it like i i wanted to avoid it yeah and so i eventually did and instead of me just being very specific about where i'm from i ended up downplaying it like oh i'm from los angeles for a little bit until we went to um i won't I, i won't say their names but we went to a friend of ours uh they were hosting like a get together at their home, which was mm-hmm. really lovely, and I I don't even remember how we got, got on, on this top, topic, yeah. but clearly there was something there that prompted me to bring it up, yeah, and I brought of... it up to her, mm-hmm. and she told me something that was just very simple, yet you know what this is this is work love new balance we're gonna keep it real. You may or may not hear the printer in the background right now, but I'm, I'm just going to keep on going with my story. But she said something that was very um, simple but powerful to me. And what she said is, you're in the same room as whoever else is criticizing you because yes. you deserve to be there just as much. Yeah. Like so just be the change by being there. Like mm. you're the change by being there. Yeah, the change. You're breaking down there. the stereotype by just being there and being in the same room. You're sharing the same space. You're part of the same meetings. And I was like, you know what, you're right, bet. So after that just simple confirmation, that definitely was a pivotal point. Yeah. Uh where I just I just like let it go. I just let all of that go. And um, one thing that I know we both have talked about, Michael, is there are times too where we feel like, yo, why do we need to even break this down for y'all? Like, yeah, exactly. But it's, I mean, it's just it's just what it
0: is. It's it's perception. It happens. I mean, again, and you know, the friend that we were speaking of, they were uh, from Newark. Well, they are originally from Jamaica, but they. They lived in, I think they lived in Newark for a little bit, and same, you know, same situation. That's what that's what happens. You, Newark, New Jersey, um, Wells, Baltimore, uh, you know, Compton, the you know, possibly Detroit, Chicago, the South Side. Man, I mean, these things, it's it's so interesting. More confessional, like these things have been getting me a little. A little emotional at times because over the time that we've been building, like DC proper and Compton Flight Crew, and then working and you know in housing development, I've seen that black spaces have been demolished or taken away from people, or you know we've just been invaded in so many spaces, and so this is another part of that invasion of people having a perception and casting you off before they even like know you or Mm. get to know you or stuff like that. Like it's like writing you off, like before you even open your mouth fully or give them a full sentence or they people start to even kind of like know what you're about. So it's been touching me lately because I just, I feel, I feel like the passion behind what we're doing is, is changing those narratives about these historically black cities and the people that live in them and you know preventing that erasure of their culture of their identity you know of their vibes you know and what they've been able to do and what they've been able to create there's so much history um even even myself i just in the tale of two cities i will you know like i learned about barry farms and you know notoriously back in washington dc barry farms was you know it was like a project it you know it was Held is like, you know, you don't want to go around there and stuff like that. But essentially what I learned, it was one of those first establishments for African-American people like in Washington, D.C. They had some connection to the Freedmen's Bureau, Uh, you know, a lot of good history behind it that I never knew living in a city. And then as progression comes, they ultimately demolished part of it to develop it out into, like, new apartments, bring back some affordable housing, but that history is still there, and it was mm-hmm. still people's homes, you know what I mean? Like, it was still, people still lived there, you know? Like, people live in Compton, like, mm-hmm. they, it's families. When I first came to Compton, I was like, what? I got front yard, I got houses for one, grass for <laughs> two, palm trees for three, and, that was just it for me. I was like, "What
1: this you is?" You thought you thought you were in Beverly Hills or something. Man, I, <laughs>
0: it's just it's just weird though. It's just the perception. And but the, the unique thing is, and this is just me like
1: like you didn't know. For instance, sorry to cut you off, uh, but like there's horses, there's ranches in Compton. Yes, there's an airport. There's an airport in Compton. Like what? There are black pilots in Compton. Like, and you know, like it's just. It's funny to me because this is just normal because I've grown up around it. But Michael was just like, what? You in Uptown Compton? Like, yeah. it was just so yeah. funny. It was,
0: it was, And that's unique, though, because even even this is just, a, just going into the conversation. Even watching Boys in the Hood, like, I didn't understand. I didn't even realize, like, oh, they were living in a house. I'm not sure if it was rented, if they owned it, if it was passed down or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, his father had a house. You know what I mean? Like, people's dads or people folks wasn't there. People's, you know, lived in apartments, man. Two-bedroom apartments for, for years, for generations. But you got, he's raking up leaves in Boys in the Hood. Like, well, what leaves I'm raking up? You know, so it's, it's unique how we're not aware of these things. And then also, too, these things and these places are played against us for us to devalue. Mm-hmm. What's so valuable, like
1: that's deep, you
0: know? So it's just it's just been an interesting space for me. These <laughs> as I as I learn and yeah, even and like Bruce's Beach, Bruce's Beach, man. If you guys haven't learned about that story, please go look it up. Look up Bruce's Beach. Google it. Like it happened in Los Angeles, like years ago, back in the 1900s. This family was snatched beachfront property through eminent domain. Um, and now the property is, is estimated to be worth over seventy four million dollars. So that is something that's happening in California in real time with his family, has the potential to be awarded back um the the property. And so it's just such a unique time and so that story really touched me. But, you know, kinda getting back on, getting back to the script, but a tale of two cities is about how we're from different cities, but They're essentially the same.
1: Yeah, they're essentially the same. Essentially the same. We we share the same parallels. Mm -hmm. But to Michael's point, that's what really drove us to create these two brands. Literally, like us just having a brainstorm session like we normally do and just getting to work on it. And initially when we created these two brands... Like with DC proper it was like a T shirt and a sweatshirt.
0: Yeah, two T's. With Compton, and a sweatshirt.
1: it was like a Compton T um that you like graphiced out. Mm-hmm. If, is that a word Graphiced out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's no, a word was, for me. Yeah,
0: it was a hat and two but, it was like a hat and three T's. Yeah.
1: And so from there it was like, okay, that seed was planted. Hmm. We felt great with that seed that we planted we felt that it was important for us to create something to represent where we're from cuz we were like man if we feel this way we know there's some other we folks who can identify way. and feel the same way as well and they might may not even necessarily physically be in Compton or be in DC but they're from they're from that space and they recognize it or they have love for it and so we thought it was important to highlight that and to just share that history and share our story, and so that seed was planted. We were both working in our corporate spaces at the time, <laughs> and that was kind of like I don't know. That, that was, was it. Like that was it. That was kind but, of a like god thing. But fast forward to now, see that man. That seed manifest. The seed manifested. There are literally um global corporations who we have been talking with behind the scenes that we can't even announce yet who identify with, you know, the brands that we created yeah. and to see the vision yeah. and who are willing to like support and share it. And so it is very inspiring, but also shows us this is why, yo, it's so important and especially... We have children, and we want yeah. them to be proud of where they're from and where their parents are from, and to always recognize that because um, I I just think it's so essential. Yeah, it's definitely essential. It's so essential. And
0: when we when we talk about the, you know, the transatlantic slave trade, or we talk about you know the, uh, you know, the diaspora of uh, people of African descent. You know, we're like the second largest ethnic group in the world. Um, we're coming in at a little bit over 1.5 billion people. Um, and so our roots are strong. But uniquely enough, Black Americans cannot trace their roots all the way back to Africa. But uniquely enough, this is what makes us so excited about what we're doing from a hyperlocal perspective that has global reach, is that people can identify identify with the regions that they're from or where they're from in the city. And so in a way it's a claim of our piece of America mm. that we were raised in or raised from. And so when you look at DC, you know, 48, over almost like 48% black population, you look at Compton, you know, strong black population there, you look at Atlanta's thriving, doing great. Detroit is on the way back. Um, you know, the Bay still rocking. You look at these places like, we don't want these places to be erased, you know. We want these legacies to live on as forever. And just as like Kenya and South Africa and the Congo and all those places and we find our brothers, our African brothers and sisters have strong identity with those places. That's what I believe for, you know, these neighborhoods and these cities that we're from uh, to be represented and to be heralded as the same like, And it's equally as great as any place that you're from or anybody where you feel like you're from. And so that's what, gives us that passion that's what gives us that ambition behind it to to tell these stories and to tell and to create product that represents these places in an authentic way and prevent erasure.
1: Yeah, and hopefully I mean love to see others. Yeah. doing it as well yeah, because no like Michael said um unfortunately we can't trace back our roots as deeply as we would like to. And so um this is how we identify with our heritage. And so and it's dope. Anyone, anyone who's willing to do that and represent and tell their stories and highlight that in whatever way that their gifts and passion allows them to, it's like more power to you, yeah. more power to that. Because that's what, that's what the culture needs. That's what the next generation needs. Mm-hmm. And, I I think also too it definitely supports with the confidence um, oh, yeah. of our stories. Yeah, no doubt. It definitely supports with the pride of our stories, and you know, like Michael mentioned, he is a fourth generation. Yeah, man. And I'm third generation, and I I. I mean, we're just enjoying what we're doing like we're we're having fun with it, but we definitely want to uh we definitely want to keep as our core like that history um and that heritage of wherever it is we're representing. Yeah. And I mean because honestly, it kind of feels like our what? not history book in a way, but like it's just our way of um' it's, it's telling our that way. telling that story or that narrative yeah. through through our niche, which is like creating fashion um apparel and you know just different products uh that are like tangible that you can feel that you can touch um and that you can wear yeah, and
0: it's a visual language that i think uh that I think is important and when we look at visual language, is how we wear, how we represent it, and it. I'm not saying that it's meant to like help, you know, reduce these perceptions or anything like that, but its its purpose is to tell a story, and that's that's what it's about. And so, going back to the historic story of Tale of Two Cities, <laughs> that's that's one of the books I was reading. I unfortunately didn't finish it, but I don't know if you remember when we had that date. At yeah, the coffee I shop, remember. I had that book <laughs> trying to read, A Tale of Two Cities. Um, but uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, "This guy."
0: Yeah, I was trying. I I I have to revisit it now that we're talking about. We, you know, we're doing a play on the title, but.
1: Oh my gosh, I can't believe sidebar. I can't believe how low key, shallow I was because it's like you had a book <laughs> at a donut shop, and I was like. I mean, capping wasn't a thing back in the day. But I was like, it was my version of, uh, he's capping right now. He ain't really reading no book at a donut shop at 8 a.m. But knowing you, you really were reading really a book. I really was
0: trying to better myself, man. You really I was were. was trying to better myself.
1: But me at the time, I was like, he's just trying to impress me and show. <laughs> like, what was I thinking? It was just like.
0: Man, you always go the extra Girl, mile. get out of here. Nah, extra mile. I think I ran off, though. That was a little I You extra.
1: did run off. I was, like, I was ah. like, oh, he's trying to show me that he's well-read, well-spoken, and he's <laughs> well-exercised. Because you literally jogged off. Right, but the cool the thing
0: game. is, but I think what well, Christian underestimates, because obviously I'm like one to be, you know, I try to impress or I dress a certain way. This was like... Eight in the morning. I just had on some sweatpants and a T-shirt. Like I ain't put on, you know, the nice jeans or the button up. You know what I'm saying? So I was, I was just trying. I guess I was trying to be my authentic self, and I guess, you know, to his credit, it worked to some. It worked to some degree, um, because we're here Mm. talking about the tale of two cities. Talk about full circle. Man,
1: full. Whoa. Okay, now we're. (laughs) forgot we were recording. Yeah, wow, that is full circle. Like full circle yeah. Man. That's cool. With their son right here. Yeah, it's like son. dozing off. Yeah. Now it's like
0: a tale of three personalities.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not even including
0: us. Yeah, no, it's all good. Well, I mean, we hope you guys enjoyed this time, uh, these notes that we have. Um, again, uh, we appreciate the time. We appreciate you guys giving us a listen, bearing with us, um, and we thank you truly do
1: yes thank you until next time
0: until next time
1: hello it's mrs krish here thank you again for listening to our episode please rate and subscribe work love balance podcast also be sure to to check in with us and follow us on the gram at work love balance Podcasts. you can also find michael at michael of alwd i'm at mrs krish and our brand pages are alwd company we are dc proper and compton flight crew until next time